0: Until then, we hope this message leads you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for you. Man, I love Advent. I love Advent uh, for a few reasons. One, it's a great reminder to us of all that uh, is yet to come. Um, Is anyone here fully satisfied with the way life is today? Good, no one. That would have really messed me up if someone said I'm satisfied. Um, But it doesn't take long for us to realize that uh, things don't always work the way they're supposed to. And Advent is a great time in the church where we get to remember um, the way things are supposed to be, the way things God intended them to be. And Advent is one of those seasons where we we, we think about things in that way. Um, I love how Advent builds to Christmas. Um, maybe it's just some terminology things. Oftentimes we think of this whole time of you know, from about Halloween to. Um, December 25th as, as Christmas. At least that's what marketing says to us. Um, But uh, we are in a time of Advent, which is where we are putting ourselves in the shoes of those who were waiting for Jesus to show up. And, um, and so you're going to hear uh, some of the traditional Christmas songs um, build in um, as we, we get closer. Christmas is almost like the crescendo. It's how things build to this climax where God shows up in flesh. And so hopefully we're gonna be able to kind of craft our services to where you're getting a little bit of of Advent today and you're gonna get a little bit more next week as we light the second candle and and it's gonna build a little bit more the next week and as we light the third candle. And by the time we gather together on Christmas Eve, we're going to celebrate Jesus showing up. Amen? So as we do that, I, I just wanna encourage you is be spending time thinking about how can I make room for my attention to be on Christ and what Christ wants to do in my life now and in the future. Um, A couple ways to do that is be thinking about Advent candles and how the light builds over the season. Uh, We've also got uh, these devotionals for the adults and kids. They've got some in the back too. And I would encourage you, maybe just find some time, five minutes a day, to find your time in this devotional. Maybe you have another one. Or maybe you just want to read through the Christmas story over the next few weeks and think about what this really means for people like you and I. But we also need to think about another thing. Not just what does this mean for people like you and I, but what does this mean for people that aren't like you and I? There's a lot of them out there. You probably rubbed uh, shoulders against them this week. But as we think about all that this means for us, let's think about all those who, this doesn't mean anything to them. And let us think about how we might be able to share our faith just by living life with them, with, with those people, okay? So let's be thinking about that. But this morning, I want us to get into a passage of scripture in Matthew's gospel. We're going to be in Matthew for the entire season of Advent. So four Sundays, four passages from Matthew, and today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 24. Um, and as we read this, uh, I, I don't know what you have been in the habit of doing, um, as I'm still trying to figure you guys out. Um, I don't know if that's a futile effort, but um, I would encourage you to bring your Bibles uh, to church. Um Because you might be able to uh, spend some time reading around the passages that we focus on 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 Sunday mornings. Um, You might want to do some underlining so you can go back to it. Uh, We might do a little, you know, scriptural gymnastics on a Sunday morning. uh, And you might want to follow us through that. This here is the great narrative of God. You and I have a part in this. And so I would encourage you to bring your Bibles um, because if you don't bring your Bibles, I'm not quite sure what you think we're going to be doing here. Uh, but we, we think that the word of God is really, really, really important. And so as we, um, as we spend time together, I, I, I'd encourage you to bring your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, ooh, what do we do about that one? I want to encourage you to let us know that you don't have a Bible. Um, I found a place that's going to be really bad for me in, here. Um, it's over by Target on Old Fort. Some of you know what I'm talking about. There's this discount Christian um, publishers store that is going to get a lot of my money, because I love Christian books and literature. Um, but if you don't have a Bible, they've got a whole Bible section there, and I would encourage you to go find some. Um, some versions are easier to read than others, and so I would encourage you maybe to say, "Hey, what's a good, what's a good Bible for me?" Um, and and maybe that's a, something you even want to get your kids or your spouse or. A stranger. Um, maybe you want to get one for your enemy. Uh, what are you going to do? Let's find let's find Bibles. But we're going to be in Matthew chapter 4, verses 36 through 44. Uh, I'm going to read for you. It's going to be up on the screen. It's already there. Um, but uh, hear the word of the Lord this morning. However, which means we're jumping into a passage of Scripture in, in the middle of the flow. Uh, this is a passage of Scripture where Jesus is talking about the future. He's foretelling the future. Um we get excited about the future sometimes. We want to know what's coming because we hope it's good. But in this passage of scripture, we're jumping in the middle of his conversation about the future. However, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen. If you want to figure out what these things are, I would encourage you to read back. Uh, Not even the angels in heaven or the son himself, only the father knows. When the son of man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. This or that is the way it will be when the son of man comes. Two men will be working together in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. So you too must keep watch. So you too must keep watch, for you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Understand this if a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. You also must be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. It's a weird passage of Scripture. It's an interesting passage of scripture because uh, it it deals with a whole lot of big theological things that uh, we often argue about. And we're not going to argue about those today. Um, But we are going to think about how um, Jesus coming is a really, really, really big deal. It's a big deal for the people who were there at the time. But it's a big deal for us today because you and I need Jesus to show up in our lives daily. In the midst of those toughest situations that we find ourselves in, we need Jesus to show up and talk to us about what we can do in those situations. What do we do with those temptations? What do we do with all these things. And, and, and there's almost a sense in this passage of scripture where um, some might say, well, Jesus is just gonna like play, play a joke on me, right? He's gonna show up when I'm at my worst. And can I just say, that's not when Jesus is gonna show up when you're at your worst, See, this passage of scripture is not just about trickery, holy trickery. It's about holy anticipation and hope for a God who's going to come and restore all things. In this passage of scripture, it talks about Jesus' return. And there's a few things that we know about Jesus' return. There's a whole lot that we don't know. You know, there's a lot of people who give a lot of time and energy to figuring out exactly when Jesus is going to show up. Maybe you've heard of these prophecies. Jesus is going to show up on December 31st of 2019. And those days come and go, and Jesus didn't show up the way that was expected. But there are a few things that we know. One, Jesus will come back. Jesus is going to come back, and he will come back to finish what he started. Scripture talks about, and you know, Jesus says it in his own words, that he has ushered in the kingdom of God a new way, a new order, a, a new reality. In comparison to the things that the world offers to us, Jesus says, I've brought in something new and fresh. So we know that Jesus is gonna come. We know that he's gonna come to finish what he started. You see, even though the kingdom has kind of snuck in, it's not been fully realized. How do I know that? Read the news, listen to the radio, watch the evening news. And you know that the things that are going on in our world are not the way they're supposed to be. So we know that things aren't, aren't, aren't finished yet, and so we look with expectation for Jesus to finish what he started. And it's interesting here in this passage of Scripture, there's two stories, one related to men and another to women. Now, I don't know how many of you work in the fields, and I don't know how many of you um, make grain, you know, mill grain. Um, this Jesus doesn't come just for those people. Jesus is coming for everyone. But it's interesting that some are left and some are, are, are taken. Now, one of the things that we, we don't know about this passage is which ones are taken. Like, is it the good ones that are gone or is the good ones that stay? It, you know, that's, a, that's an argument we can have all day long and it doesn't really produce any fruit in our lives. But, but we know this from this passage that there are some who are going to recognize and realize and experience the fullness of the kingdom of God in their life. And there are those who are going to miss out on it now some of them are going to miss out on it because they rejected it they're like i don't want anything to do with that there are others who are going to miss out on it because they just didn't know about it no one had told them we think in our world that everyone knows about jesus the crazy thing is is there are people who have not heard the story of jesus which means we have work to do to make sure that people around us have heard the story now, here's something else we know from this passage about Jesus' return. It's going to be when we least expect it. Which means, you know, our, should we like get all of our energies up and make sure we're doing all these right things to, to earn God's approval and, and make sure we're, we're doing things all the time? Well, we can do that. But sometimes when we ramp up our energies and our efforts, sometimes we get tired and we, 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 we get relaxed in those things. If we knew exactly when Jesus was going to show up, you know, let's say he's going to show up tomorrow. Tomorrow's the day of Jesus' return. You would live your life today differently than if Jesus was coming a month from now. You may say, well, you know, I'm consistent all the way along. I don't waver. Great for you. Maybe you can teach us what you know that we don't. But the reality is, is, Jesus just wants us to live the life that he's called us to live, not looking to when his return is going to come so that we're you know, on our game. Jesus wants us to live our life, the life that he has called us and empowered us to live every single day, as though his return was imminent. Here's another thing we know from this passage. Um... Jesus is coming. And he's going to come in some glorious, grand fashion someday in the future. But Jesus is still showing up today. He's not on vacation. He is not on hiatus. He is not on this, you know. He's right here with us. He is right here in your homes, in your workplaces, in your schools. Uh, he is right here in the middle of the traffic on Old Fort. <laughs> Crazy, right? <laughs> he is right here in the midst of your longings and expectations, your desires for healing, your, your longings for restoration. Jesus is right here in the midst of them today. So if you want to like put off, well, I'm, I'm going to start living the life right when Jesus gets here, um, He's here. Start living today, as though Jesus shows up right here in the midst of us, physically. I mean, he just kind of comes through the ceiling. I don't know how Jesus would have come in here. I don't know if he'd walk through the back door or the front door or if he'd, you know, just. Poof. But Jesus is here with us. What is it you long for today? What is the thing, if you were to be honest, I mean, deeply honest, what, what is it that you long for today? Each and every one of you, find that one thing. Name it. You don't have to say it out loud. You, we're not gonna have you all stand up and share. That'd be weird. But what is it you long for? Christy and I long for our house. You're going to hear a lot about this until we move in. So just get over it. <laughs> it's a great illustration for Advent. Um, do you long for a job promotion? Do you long for your marriage to be all that it's supposed to be? Do you, do you long for a job? Do, do you, what do you long for? Let's name those things because I believe Jesus wants to do something in the midst of our deepest longings. He does. But the problem we run into is distractions. Our passage of Scripture this morning is talking about distractions. Things that draw our attention away from the things that you see. It's not that Jesus um, is going to show up unexpectedly. Scripture says he will. But you see... We are expecting him to show up. I don't really care when he shows up. I wouldn't mind it a little sooner than later. But, but ultimately, I, I just want him to show up whenever he so pleases. In my marriage, whenever he so pleases. In, in, my, in my job, <laughs> whenever he so pleases. In my quiet times as I'm reading through scripture, I want Jesus to show up whenever he, whenever he pleases. So it's not that he is unexpected, but it's that we oftentimes are not expecting him to show up in our marriage, in our work, in our school, in our things. We aren't expecting him to, which is kind of crazy on our part. It's crazy because Jesus has said, I am coming. I want to do something about your marriage. I want to do something about your, 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 your body. I want to do something about your, your finances. I want to do something about, and you fill in the blank. But oftentimes we get distracted. We have this propensity for being distracted by all sorts of things. Distractions get us all focused on all the things that uh, say they will meet our deepest seated needs. This toothbrush will change your life. It's a toothbrush. It might change our lives if we're around you. Um, But... But we can give all of our energies to so many things except for Jesus. From the youngest person in here to the oldest, we can be a distracted people. You know, I saw this commercial this week um, about this new, uh, one of the insurance companies has a plan to deal with distracted driving. They're going to train our dogs, you know, to swat phones out of hands and, and whatnot. We are a distracted people. And maybe you have seen this, especially with distracted driving, it can be fatal. I think that's true of our spiritual lives too. Distracted living can be fatal to our spirituality. Advent is a season of regaining our focus. It's an intentional time where we say, stop. Christy said that last week, stop. Stop and find rhythms, recapture rhythms that allow you to hear Jesus in your life. Turn the radio off in the car on the way to work. Get up a little bit early. I say that I'm a horrible morning person. I just, I like to sleep, but I'm a night person. What would it look like for me to put everything away for an extra 15 minutes and just say, God, what do you want to say to me? What does God want to do this Advent in your life to help you regain focus? You see, Advent is a time when we refocus on Christ's return. I hope that as we get closer to Christmas, there's this thing in you that's like, I just, I can't take it anymore. I just, I need Jesus to show up. I need to get to the good Christmas songs where we are talking about Jesus being born. I need this. Our longings are okay. We need to refocus. But, but the question we need to ask ourselves this season is, what do we need to remove? What do we need to remove from our lives that is causing our distractions? Or what do we need to add? What do we need to add a little bit more time in with Jesus? Do we need to add a little bit more time in with? What do you need to do to refocus, to remove, and to add? Those last two seems to be, seem to be contradictory. They're not you and I both know the things that we need to remove from our lives. We could get into some really deep conversations here about uh, some pretty severe things in our lives, you know, addictions and, and, and stuff that for some of us, we need help to, to remove those things. I, I'm so thankful that this is a church that creates space for people who have deep-seated addictions. We are a place of hope. We are a people of hope. Ours is a God of hope. Because of that, I have this crazy expectation that God is going to set all things right. right. I, I, I kind of like to light all the candles today. There's this this driving longing that comes as I look at these candles. And I recognize... I, I, I've got to wait. Candles, you know, it's going to be four weeks. But I'll tell you what, I'm not sure in my own life how long God's going to make me wait for the things he has for me. But my prayer is, come, Lord Jesus, come. Is Jesus really ever unexpected? I think for some, he is unexpected because people don't know him. They didn't grow up in the church. They, they, don't, they don't understand the community that we call church. Um, but, but for us, we, we understand Jesus is coming. Jesus does want to do some things in our lives. Jesus does want to have an impact in our lives. He wants to transform us inside and out, up and down. Everything about us, he wants to transform. We should expect that. My hope, my prayer for this church is, is that we would be a community of people who are always on the lookout for Jesus. Now, I don't know that we need to be that churches. you know, we're picking up the monitors. Jesus, are are you there? But I, I, I think you can follow what I'm trying to say this morning, and it's this, Jesus is here. Are you paying attention? Are you paying attention This morning, our hope is anchored in the fact that in Jesus, heaven has come near. But our hope is also anchored in the reality that even though it has come, it has not fully come yet. We could share testimonies of how God has changed our lives. That will pale in comparison to what God has yet to do in your life. Some of you have some pretty good stories of the impact that God has had in your life. To know how much God has transformed that and recognize that there's so much more, oh man, this is what we have to look forward to in Advent. God is calling us to help others recognize the God who is trying to get our attention and their attention. God wants to give all. He wants to give to all real life. Now, that doesn't mean God's ultimate plan is that he would give us to them. But I love the name of this church, Real Life. This is the gift that God has for all people. Have you encountered real life? Has it transformed your life? Are there parts of your life that you need it to touch even more this Advent season? What does real life look like in you? As we close this morning, I want us to pray. At the beginning of Advent, I want us to pause. And I want us to think for just a moment on the things of God. So if you would close your eyes, bow your heads, you know, we're not going to, you know, kind of, we're just going to pause. Oftentimes we don't have that opportunity in life, but we're going to pause. And I want you to ask God this question. God, what do you want to do in my life this Advent season? (laughs) God, what do you want to do in my life, this advent season? Lord, our prayer is, "O come, O come, Emmanuel. Come in ways that we have yet to see and understand. Come in moments in our lives that have been absent show up in those moments. In our self-doubt, God, show up in those moments. In our frustrations with others, show up in those moments. In our longing for a vision of the future, God, show up in those moments. Lord, in the areas of our lives, when we need clarity about what you want of us, God, show up in those moments. God, in areas where finances are a question, God, show up in those moments. God, be in our marriages, be in our families, be in our relationships with our children and our parents and our our family members. God, be with us in small and big ways alike this Advent season. Lord, we look forward in hope to what you have to do in our midst. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Church, as we walk out the doors of this building as the church, might we encounter the God in unexpected places and in unexpected ways. And might we give ourselves over to that God in those moments, and may we find transformation in our lives. Church, until we meet again, be blessed, but be a blessing. Amen.